Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom, and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this special episode of It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, I'm honored to be virtually sitting down with actress Sarah Lind. Sarah Lind is an actress and a director known for Edgemont, the TV show, um, The Great Christmas Switch, The Humanity Bureau, The Exorcism of Molly Hartley, and on December 1st on Shudder, you can watch her in A Wounded Fawn, co-starring favorite of the podcast, Josh Rubin. And a wounded fawn is about a serial killer who brings an unsuspecting new victim on a weekend getaway to add another body to his ever-growing count. She's buying into his faux charms, and he's eagerly lusting for blood. What could possibly go wrong? It is directed and co-written by Travis Stevens. It is also written by Nathan Faudry. Hopefully I am pronouncing that correctly. You can correct me on that, Sarah, if I'm not. But um, but yes, but I'm very, very honored to have you with me, Sarah. So if you want to just give any other information that you want to give about uh, A Wounded Fawn and what kind of drew you to this project. Well, what drew me to it was uh, when I read it, I think it kind of managed to defy certain expectations of of mine reading it and even of like the subgenres that it might fall into like it's not exactly a slasher it's not exactly a revenge movie it's not exactly a siege movie but it's kind of all of these things it's kind it's not exactly a serial killer movie but it kind of is all of them um i also really liked the um the approach to meredith where she's not a babe in the woods she 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 has gone through her trials you know um and is entering into this having gone through a lot and learned a lot and so she's not she's not naive going into it which is um the the very common sort of trope for for a movie like this and Mm -hmm. and then i think it leads to a can lead to a great discussion around like justice versus revenge justice what does it mean in theory what does it look like in action does this is justice served in this movie is it revenge served and so i I, uh, was very very thrilled plus all the the visuals you see in the movie are described in detail in the script so they were very exciting even just to to imagine while i was reading it yeah wonderful wonderful and so can you tell us a little bit more about your character meredith and where we kind of find her in the film and yeah, we. I mean, we basically meet Meredith at the end of her last story. 
um, which is that she was in a, a very difficult relationship that took a lot of work for her to recover from. And we basically see her in her, maybe not her last therapy session, but kind of the one where she and her therapist are like, I think you're good. Yeah, I think I am, you know, I can move on now. And, uh, and then she goes back to life, into life, looking to date, and it goes terribly wrong, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because her arc isn't very, um, like, it isn't, it isn't acute, you know, in this. Mm. It's, it's almost a, an epilogue or, or a continuation of a, of a prior story that must have been much more of a dramatic, you know, rise and falling arc. And I like that about this. Um, the story is relatively simple. And so it's a bit more of a dive into two people's psyches. Yeah. More like one person in particular, <laughs> you know, Josh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's what I'd say about Meredith. Well, and it's interesting you say that with that she's like done with therapy, all healed. And then she happens to meet somebody who is a serial killer and that's just interesting because usually you would see in something like this, like the character is really struggling and lost and confused and maybe has not gone to therapy and then find someone who's preying on that. And so it's interesting that it seems like it's a little bit of a twist on that. So do you think with with Meredith then, you know, were there any warning signs, do you think, for her when she initially meets Bruce or what was it about Bruce that appealed to her then? Well, I mean... You know, isn't life like that? Like you can do all the work in the world, but there, no one's immune to getting tricked. No one's immune to being taken advantage of. Um, not to everyone, you know. As you go through life, you start to learn more and more, and uh, you know, get better at spotting some things. But there's always going to be someone new, and or or something new that that gets us. It was important to me and to Travis that she's she does notice and does recognize certain things that feel off or are definitely off. And then for various reasons, chooses to continue forward. And I think, you know, part of that is like, uh, what, what I like is that she doesn't choose to continue on because she's oblivious to it or she's ignoring it or her, you know, she's instinct injured, as they say, like mm -hmm. um, she decides no, I think I can keep going. I think I'm going to hold on to that and then carry on. It, it's rare for a movie like this or for many movies, in fact, to, for it, like this isn't a love story. Like it was never going to be a love story. And no, but she doesn't think that they're, they have a future together. This is a date. Like they're going away for a weekend. So it's not like there's the stakes of, of losing love or this person. She just wants to have a nice time. Right? Yeah. And with someone who's, charming charming enough uh disarming enough and i mean that's how they get you you know like it's it's sort of through no fault of her own um mm -hmm. it's any ever anyone's fault but like you know she's the as they say perfect victim you know in the in the sense that like she isn't foolish she isn't foolhardy um she just yeah. she just got you know <laughs> yeah well, and I'm wondering with that, because uh, I'm assuming there was a lot of physical stuff, too, that you had to do possibly with Josh as well. And so when you're working with an actor where there is going to be that, um, you know, physical stuff and it might be stuff where you're going to have to be very vulnerable, 
uh, how did you both work with that? Or was it like, how was it a safe space? If, if you don't mean there, like how did create that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I trust Travis. So it's really, it was really nice to have like your partner on set, you know? So it's sort of like, feels a little bit like you bring home with you a little, you know, which yeah. for, for me is, is, yeah, which is just very comfortable. Um, Josh is a, like a wonderful person. He's just like a solid gold mm-hmm. person. So um, that was great. And he's also a, an incredible dramatic actor with cool credentials. Like he's, he studied acting with Mike Nichols, um, you know, and he's, he's been doing so much comedy on both sides of the camera for so long. So he's like a real professional, very experienced. And I think creatively, and even just like in terms of our sensibilities with acting, they're very closely aligned. So we we meshed really well and hit it off quickly. I think also as an actor, like we've both been doing this long enough that like you always have to do something like that. You just kind of get to it. It just feels like choreography in a way. But one of the gifts uh, about doing when, when in whatever way a scene gets really physical is it puts you right in your body and it's really easy or it, it, it's often a challenge to to do that in a performance and grounded and make it real and be, be relaxed and present. And when you're running around or doing something really physical, like it, you almost default to that. So it's, I really like it. Make it more physical. <laughs> I like it. I think it's just a real it makes it a little easier for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that makes that makes perfect sense. Yes, yes. And I know since this is a very independent movie, so you wouldn't have like a lot of rehearsal time or anything like that. But was there anything that you did beforehand to prep, or um, do you have anything like that? You know, getting to know the character before the movie started. I had the um, uh, really fortunate experience of having read the script and having been familiar with it for almost a year before we, maybe not quite a year, but for many months before we ever went to camera, which is almost unheard of for me these days. Um, it's usually a couple weeks, <laughs> like sometimes yeah. days before I, between reading a script and going to set. Um, so getting to just live with Meredith and the whole story was really helpful it just sort of sinks in in a nice way travis and josh and i didn't have any formal rehearsals but before we started shooting we met a bunch of times and just just talked about it a lot and got all on the same page the 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 two actors who played meredith's best friends uh tanya everett and lakshmi hedemark were um you know it, it it's funny how you can like for lack of a better word, fake a romantic relationship fairly easily and fairly quickly. You get to set, you just met your husband, your lover, whatever. And you, you're like, okay, here we go. And you could do that more or less believably quite quickly, but like best friends, friendship is really a lot harder to, to fake or sort of whip up on the spot. So we all went for a very long lunch and just hung out for a long time to sort of establish a, a rapport and, start to notice what dynamics were between just to get to know each other. Um, and so it was really easy to click right into, you know, one or two or three takes, you know, and, and already have that relationship built. So it was really nice to have uh, a little extra time to, to prepare with the other actors as well. 
Yeah. And, and that's interesting that you say that where it's uh, easier to fall into that romantic relationship versus the friendship. And I wonder if that's because, you know, when you have a deep friendship with somebody, uh, you know, it can almost be like family in a way and you have a different history and they know they might know a different part of you that, you know, your lover or someone doesn't know. And I'm wondering if that's do you think that's part of why that's a little bit harder to instantly fall into? Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so. I mean, there's like a shorthand with in, indicating like a romantic relationship. They kiss or you can like gaze at them with starry eyes, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. with friends, even more so than family, like, it, you know, like friendships can just be so funny. They, they can have a thread of romantic, not necessarily sexual tension, maybe sexual tension, maybe romantic tension, but there can be like, uh, you, you, it's not always easy to tell how close or distant that relationship is. There's an intimacy, yeah. but it's not, um, you know, we don't have, we don't define our friendships in the way that we do our romantic relationships or, or in many ways, our family relationships. Do you, have you read those books, the, the, the Neapolitan novels by Elena Ferrante? No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, they're so good. I can't recommend them enough. They're so good. <laughs> There, there are three very long books that chronicle the the lives of these two girls who uh, from from Naples who um, are friends when they're very very little girls all the way to the ends of their lives, and um, their relationship is so complex. It's it's uh, very there, there's a rivalry um, that's both explicit and implicit between the two of them where they're not even sure am I being rival am I her friend do I like it when she does this do I hate it am I more like her is she more like me who's the antagonist but they're 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 inseparable but then they also separate for long periods of time and uh, and, and friendships just have so many of those like strange can have so many of those threads woven through them and it's sort of like how do you quickly get to that like you know at lunch before you shoot or like you know, find a shorthand for that. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's just complex. I don't know. Yeah, no, it that's, that's very, very true. And they can all be different. So yeah. 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 And I'll have to check those books out. So you, I, I can't recommend them enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm always looking for something else to read when I have the time. <laughs> that's, that's the hard part, but yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, I find I love horror so much as a woman because I think sometimes it can be kind of cathartic to watch women, you know, defeat um, some evil or some something or even sometimes if it's just even just a powerful man. Um, did you find that at all a catharsis at all playing this character? Hmm. I don't think I found a catharsis, but I found a really deep satisfaction in um, the way this movie, Meredith doesn't really lay a hand on Bruce, uh, apart from in like, you know, very strict self-defense or in like pure self-defense, you know? And I thought it was really cool for a movie like this to kind of like espouse like, restorative justice in a way like she's just like i want and and the and the furies in my opinion anyway are like you need to take responsibility for this and we're not gonna let you off the hook but we're also not gonna do anything to you and all the harm that comes 
to Bruce is by his own hand because he would rather in his temper tantrum (laughs) destroy himself than take accountability for the harm he's caused. And I find that really satisfying to see that particular story uh, or like reality on film, you know, and I, I also love to see a good like revenge movie. I think that's, you know, it certainly serves its purpose. Yeah. But this one doesn't really do that. And I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. And then further to that, like the Josh's portrayal of Bruce is so interesting to me. And I don't, I can't, nothing else comes to mind that I've seen like such a bad guy portrayed in this way where there's a humor to him. It's rare to be able to, that, that I've, I found it rare to be able to laugh at uh, such a villainous, powerful man who is so destructive and so dangerous. And Josh grounded him so well in like firmly in the human scale. And people like that in their heads are, you know, exist far beyond a human scale. And so to to reduce him to like that plane of, you know, to reality, reality sized kind of renders Bruce ridiculous because he's running around and like trying to whatever, he's having his freak out, but you're just like, you're having a temper tantrum. That That's all this amounts to. Like you aren't getting your way and you're having a tantrum and that's ridiculous and so in a way i feel like the film itself is the revenge on this type of character by by stripping them of the like grandiose illusion that they like to have and that we for for good reason often project onto them because they you know they cause so much damage and they are so scary and so i i just i just love what josh did with this character i did yeah yeah, he's he's great. He's great. And, you know, I, I think that's so that's so interesting because I do think a lot of times men that are like this or men that do horrible, horrific things when it boils down to it, they do have that that temper tantrum thing and they do have that thing. If they're not going to get their way, they're going to act like a little kid throwing a temper tantrum and it's ridiculous and it can be kind of silly and, you know, but it's more that's more real to life, I think. Than like when you see they're like so powerful beyond powerful and they can't ever be taken down kind of thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting to watch them take themselves down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the it's the it's the banality of evil. Like you know they aren't monsters. People who do monstrous things are not monsters, and it's a very frustrating reality to confront. You know, you're like you're Jesus. <laughs> dude like that's all which is frustrating anyway (laughs) yeah yeah because i think it's easier to call something evil instead of saying it's a human being doing something atrocious because if you say it's evil then it's easy to believe it won't happen that much and it's also easy i think sometimes to even excuse the stuff that happens sure way yeah 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 that's a really good point Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Um, and I know we already talked a little bit about the catharsis, but was there anything else that you learned about yourself as an artist or even as a human being through this process, through this movie? Oh man, what a good question. I get the, the thing that comes to mind and I, I don't want this to come off like egotistical. Cause I, I, it feels sort of the opposite of that, but this is, this is one of the, the first, if not the first performances I've given on screen that I'm like, that I feel fully like, yes, proud of, you know, like this is the kind of acting that I've been trying to get to. Uh, and and it's a really good feeling to be like, cool, it, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. And now I can confidently say, like, I'm good at this, you know, and that's that's a really nice feeling. And it feels really good to have gotten to a place where I can be like, I'm I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of this performance. And I think that's been a that's probably the thing, one of the things I've taken away most from it. And then, you know, the, the, the reception, thankfully, like fortuitously has been really warm too, which is like a really nice alignment to be like, I really love this. And like, oh, holy shit, like other people like it too. Like what a great, what a great coming together. So it's been such a celebration as we've done the festivals. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you know what, you know, that thing of, you know, when you said it's going to sound egotistical, when you're like, this isn't egotistical to be like, you know, finally appreciating yourself as an artist. But it's weird how we do that. We do. And I think, I think women sometimes do it more so of like, oh, it's going to sound egotistical if I praise myself, you know, yeah. and it, yeah, it's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to praise yourself, which is such a weird, weird dichotomy kind of thing to to struggle with so yeah and I'd like to be able to do it more and I think the reason that I'm finding it easy to do now is I'm I just kind of feel like it's not praise I'm like it's just a fact I'm I'm ex I'm a professional mm -hmm. I'm good at what I do I like what I do <laughs> like you know uh if anyone else disagrees that's totally fine like it's cool <laughs> and I it would be it would be really nice for that to to bloom a little further in the other areas of my life because it is hard yeah. to, to do for reasons, you know. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it It is hard to do that. One of the hardest things, I think, actually, yeah. is to yeah. do that. Really? Yeah. Well, and did you learn anything as far as, like, things you gained working with Travis, working with the director, Travis Stevens, and, um, you know, that you would want to take into other projects? Like, was there anything you appreciated more about this relationship? Well, I've never gotten such a... Um, uh, backstage view, uh, so to speak, of like how a film is made. Um, I've learned that the part that I'm part of in filmmaking is is a very narrow uh, sliver of a whole production, and it's been really fascinating getting to witness so many pieces of. The rest of what happens that, that goes into a film being made and it made it both seem more possible like both more humanly possible and also more difficult than i could ever imagine <laughs> like i used to just think how did i don't know it's insane how does anything get made that's it's a miracle it's impossible and now i'm like oh no it's totally possible 
because people work so hard, so relentlessly, so yeah, it's not an easy thing. So I'm both like, hmm, I kind of want to try making something myself, but then I'm like, ooh, I almost wish I knew less about how it's done now because it seems so <laughs> daunting. <laughs> Yeah, it's ama- it's a it's amazing what goes and I don't think people realize what goes into making a movie. What goes into making 2 minutes of film, really? I mean, not even the whole thing, just even just one little scene. It's like, you know, the setup, the different angles, the de- yeah, that everything. Yeah, everything truly. It, it it's in, it's incredible that anything ever gets made. Mhm. Yeah, and it takes a village to make it. So it's like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and speaking of that, I know you did. So you directed something, right? You directed like a short film, little short thing, right? Correct? No. So people have been bringing that up today, and I'm like, what? Are they? I don't. It's think- yeah. It's, it's on your IMDb. It says. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to go look at it right now. Um, I have a <laughs> credit, but directing. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to feel really stupid if I, if I did and I'm just forgetting it, <laughs> but, um, but I will say that I, um, I, I'm working on a short film right now. I'm, I'm writing it. I'm going to direct it. And, um, whoo doggy, it's, it's really, um, a task just to sit down and write it and to try and come up with it all. But, but that's my goal to get finished next year is one short film that I've directed to try, try it out, see if I like it. See if it's something I do like, you know, it seems like something I want to do, but I won't know for sure until I've done it once. So, Well, that's, that's awesome though. And yeah, learning something new, I guess, about what's on your, you're like, I'm going to go check that. If that's not correct, I'm going to have that. <laughs> and it's funny because I was just like, I hope no one calls me out on this. And they're like, what did you direct? So I just have been silent when it's come up today. And now, and now it comes up. And now I, and now I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was inevitable that someone would ask, but I mean, you know, it, sometimes who knows how things end up on, uh, on IMDb. So, <laughs> well, I think, you know, a lot of people can go on there and put things in, I think, and stuff. So yeah, it just all, yeah. Um, well, and speaking of writing, just wanted to know, you know, um, cause writing is such a solitary thing and it's so different than when you're making a movie or doing a play or anything like that. How did you approach that? Why did you want to start writing your own scripts? And I've always, I think before I wanted to act, I wanted to be a writer. It, so it's been something I've enjoyed throughout my life, but I haven't really done except for, for fun or, or even just, just as a random sort of thing. Um, and not as a practice. Um, during the pandemic, I started taking these um, writing workshops for an online erotica magazine, which was really fun and like uh, a very fun thing to write about, you know, which kind of makes it a little easier to sit down and do. And you're like, ooh, this is, this is exciting. Um, and I and I was like, you know, I, I like what I write. I like the way I write when I can finally finish something. Uh, and I'd like to do more of it. And um, I've known for a while that I want, like as, a, as an actor, I, I, I bring what I bring to it. But in so many ways, the, the performance belongs to the editor, the director and the editor. It, it's like, it's like I'm, I'm the old National Geographic magazine 
handing myself to the collage artist, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know? And so I, I've been, I've been craving a bit more like uh, authorship, I suppose, not even necessarily in terms of writing, but something where I can be like, I, I did this, you know, this is something I made and, and is mine. And so I've been thinking about it for a long time and started diving into it. Um, there are a couple of books that I dream about adapting and turning into movies and yeah, I don't know. Figured, try it out. Just try it out and see see what happens. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's wonderful and a great way to use the whole time, the pandemic time too, and yeah. the writing the the erotica too. Because you know, like I I write too, and I and I've written fanfic too on like the side and doing stuff like that, and that can be a very erotic thing as well. It can be the erotica in there too, and I think that also can help you. Um, you know, with story and um, character and getting into that. So, yeah, yeah. And exploring a different side of yourself too. Yeah, totally. They're, they're, they're really generous at the, the, the magazine's called Aurora, um, like Aurora, but with an E in the end. And um, they, they work with you really closely because they, they're trying to get new writers. And so they, they'll help you out like, so I had like a, a coach, I mean, an editor, but like a, a coach through some of them. Like, I was like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And they'd be like, well, try this writing exercise try this. And like, okay, imagine like try writing, rewriting the story, but in this way and exploring because they're also based on true stories. So it's like a, it's like a personal essay in, in a way, which is a nice place to start because I don't have to invent anything that, you know, it removes the pressure that it's sort of like remember it. And then it's sort of like, okay, so now take that memory and craft it in a way that's interesting that like, you know, is, can be a short story, not just like a memory. And then I guess because it's erotica, it's also like, well, you're going to need to remember like sensations and and details and, and colors and light and, so so bringing the, the, the sort of like sensual aspects to writing um because I think I can I can I can be really heady like at all times but that was a nice way to be like oh yeah like grounded in the in the senses too so yeah wonderful well and I'm just wondering did that um did you do any like were there any performances or acting or any films that you made after starting writing that maybe the writing kind of helped you with that performance or changed it at all oh you know, I don't know. Um, man, you're asking really great questions. <laughs> I wish I'd thought about some things before. <laughs> so I had better answers for you. But I think the the only way I, I can think of right now that it contributed to performances is just by continuing to like explore and develop creatively in whatever direction and whatever medium it it like bolsters the rest of it it sort of like you know fertilizes that that land or that you know that that territory a lot so i think it come a little i don't know or maybe it like exercises your imagination and gets it like moving a little more in a new way so i think it, it it's enriched my other work my acting and my life in that way but i in a in a specific way i, I nothing comes to mind but I'm going to be paying attention to that now. A fun little question for you, since this is a horror movie, and I know you've done other horror movies in the past as well. So do you have a favorite horror film? Uh, yeah, I would say it's Session Nine. Um, oh, wow. I love that movie. Such a like little movie that could. There's nothing 
fancy that they do with it. The performances are like phenomenal. And the, the dread that builds into abject terror in that movie through just, I don't, I don't even know how they like built that up so much is just so masterfully done and it's it's a simple idea done done beautifully i i love that movie i really love that movie <laughs> awesome uh, i don't think i've ever heard anyone mention that before as their favorite one of that people love but i've never yeah so that's awesome yeah that's awesome audition is another favorite oh, I, yeah that <laughs> yeah i i'm always like if you've seen it you know when you say trash bag scene and i was like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That scene got me way more than the like that that was yeah. sort of like, yeah, there she goes. I mean, like, what do you expect, pal? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know, I know. It's just like you can just picture it like vividly in your mind. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great one too. So yeah, and that, that deals with a lot of, you know, the same kind of thing of like, okay, so are we going to be on her side or how is this setting up? Because, you know, and it sets up as like a romantic comedy kind of thing. And yeah. And yeah, that's, that's a great one. That's a great one. Yeah. That one, when I, when I first saw it, I don't like, I, I love how when you revisit movies, they can hit you in such a different way. Uh, but the first time I watched audition, I wept for like 10 minutes afterwards because the, the my read on it that first time was like, here's this young girl who was messed with so badly that she became a monster and what a tragedy. And I don't entirely see it that way anymore, but you know, I think that's in terms of like in, in fiction and art, I don't think this way, but like in life, it's sort of like, you don't want to get your hands dirty just to like get your shot in, you know? On, on someone who's harmed you. I don't know that that's necessary, whatever. It's such a complicated topic, but like, but that was my read on it the first time. And I just, oh, it's just such a moving, heartbreaking film and chilling in, in such unique ways. And that's what's so powerful about horror. I think that, and it doesn't get the respect it deserves because it does that. And it challenges you in ways I think other genres don't necessarily and, you know, I mean, like, and this year has been incredible for horror movies. It just absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I fortunately haven't seen all of them yet, but <laughs> but so many like Barbarian and and Smile and 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 even watching small independent movies like Terrifier 2 making like millions of dollars. It's like it's pretty it's pretty incredible. And And I just hope one day it gets the respect it deserves. And, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. There's a woman I follow on uh, on Twitter who's just like my favorite Twitter person. And she, I'm definitely paraphrasing, but said something like, you know, people might be like, why horror or whatever? And it's like, well, fear or terror is just one of the feelings. Like it's not more or less valuable than any of the others, but it's sometimes like, ooh, why would you want to get into And it's like, because it's a human feeling. Like, it's worthwhile to feel all the things and, you know, and so many people, you know, we watch movies just to, just to feel afraid. And it's like, yeah, I watch movies just to cry, watch movies just to laugh. Like there's no difference actually between the, between that. And I, I really love that. 
Yeah, you know. exactly. And when you can get all of them in the same thing too, oh. which I think you can, it makes it even better. So what fun. Oh man, like what a treat. Yeah. 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 Well, Sarah, just lastly, are there any other projects upcoming that you want to let everybody know about? Um, I have a small part in a movie called Island Between the Tides coming out. Um, that should be at uh, like in the middle of next year or something like that. The festivals kind of. I'm working on, there's a couple things in the water that I can't either can't talk about or aren't confirmed yet, but they're exciting. And, um, and in the meantime, I'm uh, working on a fundraising project for um, a community group called LA can and they're um, they're they're working on building sustainable uh, permanent housing for the residents of Skid Row in LA and uh, it's a very cool pilot project so just trying to raise money for them to to build these homes <laughs> well that's wonderful yeah and if there's a link for that feel free to send it to me and I can make sure it's in the show notes as well to point people to it too so yeah. Yeah, I'll also be tweeting about it and just be blasting it on my social media pretty soon. So wonderful. Well, if you want to let everybody know where they can find you on social media, if, if yes. you're around. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm at Sarah Lind ish because it's me ish on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I'm still sorting out the Twitter alternatives. I don't know. I may, I have a hive account. Know. I don't know if I'll be able to figure it out. I know. I just joined that today too. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, and I don't know that I want to figure out another platform in my life. I mean, like I was on MySpace. But, you know, like, I don't know. It's enough and it's enough already. <laughs> so. I know. I know. Having this, I kind of have to figure them all out, but yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm still trying to figure out TikTok and I'm like, I don't. <laughs> the amount of time I already spend on Twitter scrolling I and everyone's like we have a TikTok so algorithms are great and I'm like that sounds like I'll lose days <laughs> you know like it's nice yeah. that I get time with my Twitter feed once in a while so then I can turn it off <laughs> but like yeah it's it's very true yeah. well thank you so much Sarah it's been so much fun chatting with you so thank you so much oh thank you I really appreciate you asking me to be and this is Aaron you can follow me on Twitter at e April Beauty the E and the A and the B are capitalized be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest for the show, we're booking interviews for the new year. Unfortunately, we can't take any interviews for December. Feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandom thing Click the contact us button there. That'll shoot us an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Or you can shoot us an email directly at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.